We're going to continue our study in the book of James. So if you have your Bible, we'll go to James chapter 3. have some uh, great passages here to look at as far as the tongue, how we speak, and what James has to reveal from his Holy Spirit. Before we get into that, let's go on and pray together and his blessings upon um, their study of his word. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you are holy and you are unlike any other. You are the creator of all things, and you are the one who has revealed the words in the Bible, the scriptures. Father, we ask your blessings upon our hearts and minds now as we look to your holy words in the book of James that have been revealed through him. Father, we ask that you bless us, that we take these things to heart. May they change us. May we carry them with us. Father, we thank you for the ability to speak, to teach, to share the truth with others. And Father, we ask that you bless us to take wisdom from this text to guide the way that we speak. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you go to James chapter 3, we'll begin with the first two verses here. In James chapter 3. Very interesting beginning here and some things to think about here in in James 3. And uh, there's a lot of passages in the Bible, especially the New Testament, that tell us about the way that Christians are to speak and how we are to talk. And I love James 3 because he talks about the power of your tongue and the significance of the things that you say and how they they set you in a different direction or a different way that you may be going in life. Uh, You know, you hear some people today saying, teaching about making affirmative statements and so forth. And some of people kind of make it into this kind of new age movement. I'm just giving you what the Bible says. And we're going to look at what the Bible says as far as the power of your words. So in James 3 right here, listen to what James says. He says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers. And of course, in the context, he's talking about teachings of God's word. Let not many of you be teachers. And that's a curious statement considering some other passages, which we'll talk about in a minute. He says, knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. I think it's amazing when you have these passages in the Bible that as a preacher, you get to preach and to teach. And as it says in Romans 2, the preacher preaches to himself. The teacher teaches himself first. And so as I read these, it's very convicting. Uh, The Bible says that those who teach, those who preach, those who handle God's word, they're going to be judged strictly and that they need to be very careful. The warning there, you need to be very careful in the things that you teach. He says this, for for we all stumble in many ways. We know that. So uh, what James is here, what he's admitting, what we've already seen before, is we all sin. And he says, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect, complete man, able to bridle the whole body. He's a, he's a mature man who's able to do this. Now, whether we fully get to that or not, some might have some, some discussion on it. And I think that we do get to the point of where we're able to use wisdom to hold back our tongue from the things that we say. Now, when he says here, if anyone does not stumble in word, and the implication there is we've all stumbled. We've all said things that we've regretted, things that we wish had never come out of our mouth. Uh, Most of us in here have said some kind of profanity at least once, twice, or more than that. And what the Scriptures tell us is that as Christians, we want to put those things away. We put an end to them. Now, in the context, he's talking about teaching even. So in the subject of teaching, to say something that's not an assertion or not your opinion, it's often very difficult to keep those things uh, to yourself. 
But I hope that these words this morning will give you encouragement to help you to see what the Bible has to say. And, and when we look at this, just in the very beginning, it's like this man, he's a complete man, a perfect person, is able to bridle, that is to control the whole body. And then you might get the impression, well, we're all guilty of it. Can any of us do right by the way that we speak? Well, we can't affirm that we're going to be perfect. Christ is perfect. Christ is the only one who lived in such a perfect way, even in his teaching. But uh, we will elaborate on that and what we can do to keep those things from coming from our mouth. We see in the Bible, that as far as teachers, and he says, let not many of you be teachers, that if you're an elder or shepherd in the church, that you are to be able to teach. We go to Hebrews chapter 5, and the writer of Hebrews corrects the Christians there. And he says, listen, you should be mature and grown enough now so that you should be, as a, as a believer, able to teach others. So one of the things we see about being a teacher is that comes along with it is maturity, understanding of God's Word. I often hear people say that I don't know enough about God's Word to be able to teach, okay? And I respect that and I understand that. But when you look at your life and you've had 20, 30 years and you've been reading the Bible, it's just a matter of time of getting that practice in and having someone else to, to guide you in that. Uh, but there are many who say, I'm just... They know they're not there because they don't know the Word of God and they're going to make assertions and that they, they're concerned that will be contrary to God's word. And that's again why we see that the elders are to be able to teach and that those who are mature are to those to be teachers. And again, as James says, they will be judged strictly. So they need to be very careful about the way they teach. And that's why, specifically as a preacher, I'm very particular about the way that I approach the Bible. I want to start with Scripture. I want to draw from it. That's the pattern I see throughout the Bible. And it keeps me right with the Lord. If I get up and just tell a bunch of stories and use pop psychology and so forth like that, um, I'm going to be in error. There's going to things, there are things that are going to come out that are going to be false. And I want to stay away from that because I know I'm going to be judged by them. So I want to stick with what the Bible says. Every Christian, every one of us has gifts given to us by God. This is that in Romans chapter 12. We have specific gifts. Some have the ability to, to serve. Some are able to do well in business and be able to give to others. And some are able to speak and to teach. And if you have those abilities, then we use them. But not everybody, again, has that, that gift. And I recognize that. So, uh, Paul talks to Timothy about that, and he recognizes that there are some people who desire to be teachers who shouldn't be teachers. There are those who go among churches who are teaching who shouldn't be teaching uh, God's Word at all because they're not humbled by the Word of God. They're not humbled by the Scriptures. They don't recognize that what they're handling uh, will bring about strict judgment upon them when they just kind of toss it around or invent new things to, to, to teach that are outside of the Bible. And so we see right here in 1 Timothy, he warns about people who will teach about genealogies and myths and tell all kinds of stories. And he says here, Paul urged Timothy that he, ch- that he charged believers not to teach any other doctrine. Don't teach anything different than what has been given to you. The stewardship of God. That is the gospel and the word of God that has been given to you. You are to manage it and stick to that and not to alter it in any way. And he says those who go off in these other things, it ends up leading to disputes and arguments in churches and bodies of believers. And even in Bible classes, you, you can have that in some churches where, well, I think this and this and every, you can you can start an argument real quick. And yet the Bible tells us. We see this from Paul to Timothy in 1 Timothy and specifically in 2 Timothy. Don't argue over these things. Don't bother yourself with contentious matters. Listen to what Paul says here in 1 Timothy 1, 6-7. He says, Some having strayed have turned aside to idle talk. 
Just idle talk. It's just vain and empty. Desiring to be teachers of the law. They keep going back and they want to go back to the law of Moses, which again ties to our Bible study this morning in the book of Galatians. In Bible class. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things of which they affirm. So have you ever heard that before? You ever heard a preacher that just what he says makes no sense? I've heard a lot of them. They just tell stories, and then you get done listening to them. It's like, what was the point? What did he just say? What was that the whole thing about? I don't know. And then he threw a scripture in here and there, and I don't remember what those had to do with anything he was saying. Um, And the Bible warns about that. They desire to be teachers, but they're not where they should be to do that. Earlier in James, when we were studying it, in James 1 and verse 26, you have this concept of bridling the tongue. The word of the bridle, the, the bit that you put in the horse's mouth, is, to, is significant. And so James says this in James 1 and verse 26, If anyone among you thinks he's religious, that means you're devout and you're devoted to God, and he does not bridle his tongue, says anybody who says they're devoted to God, but he doesn't bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart. It has an effect upon you, the way that you speak and the words that you say. And this this doesn't just apply to preaching and teaching, but to every part of our life. Whatever our profession is, whatever we say when we're at home, whatever the context we is, whatever we say around our friends, our buddies, and so forth, it has a a significance to our heart. He says they deceive, he deceives his heart when he doesn't bridle his words. This one's religion becomes useless, it's empty, it's worthless, he says there. So going back to James 3, to add to that, James now has picked up that subject again. Not, let not many of you be teachers because you'll be judged strictly. And then he adds to it. He says, indeed, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. What does that have to do with the tongue? Keep, pay attention now. Look at this. He uses two illustrations here. <clears throat> he says, look at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder when the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. You see the illustration here, what he's saying? He's saying we put the bits in the horse's mouth because we're directing them where they go, their whole body by their tongue. And that's what he's saying here. Your tongue will decide what direction you go. All right, think about a large ship. And here, this would apply to your body. Your body is like that ship at sea. It's driven by fierce winds, maybe influence of others, maybe by your own desires. And then the words that come out of your mouth will decide where you pilot. It will actually direct you in life. So if you agree with those things and you speak openly and say, I desire this and I want that, and those things come out and you're telling others, it can take control of your life. And you'll go a direction that you never intended to go. But once it comes out of your mouth and you make great boast, James says here, it will decide your life. So as a Christian, of course, the things I want to say are things that are holy, things that are biblical, things that agree with the words of Christ. That way that my life is directed and the winds that are pushing me will take me, I will then be going in the right direction. And that's what James is saying here. Now, I remember reading one of the commentators and he said, again, we know He says, we know the body is the ship here. And he had some other thoughts. He was thinking about what these fierce winds are. And, you know, you might think about them in influence of others, desires, maybe lust, uh, maybe things that you covet, the things that you want. Uh, But those winds can also be for good, as, as Christ also talks about the spirit moving as the wind and the Holy Spirit guiding you. So we want to be driven by the Holy Spirit and we want to speak the way that the spirit speaks 
in the scriptures. So these desires and influences, they move the body. Again, they will take you uh, in, a, in a direction. You will go the direction that you speak. In Burton Kaufman's commentary, he says this. I thought it interesting, so I want to share it with you from James 3 and verse 6. He says, Every conceivable form of lust, greed, deception, hatred, malignity, and every evil is aided, encouraged, and propagated by means of the tongue. You understand that? Everything you can conceive, everything that can come into your mind, everything that can tempt you, every kind of desire and influence that's, that's out there, it will be aided and encouraged and propagated by the way that you speak and how you speak about them. And that's, that stands true here in the book of James. Now, James goes on here and he describes the tongue again as a small thing, like a small fire. We hear about forest fires. They begin how? Someone you know, throws a cigarette out the window. Or they don't you know, put the fire out of their campsite. And whole forest, acres, hundreds of acres, thousands of them will burn. And we got a picture of that here in James chapter 3. And of course, that's something that also happened back then. They saw it. He says, see how great a forest a little fire kindles? And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is a fire. It's small and it spreads and it consumes and it's devastating and destructive. He says, it's a world of iniquity, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is so set among our members, that is on our body, that it defiles the whole body. He says, it has an influence about what you believe and what you're committed to and what you're going to do in life by the way that you speak. It sets on fire the whole course of nature, the whole course of your existence and everything around you can be consumed by the words that you speak. And you know that. Anybody who's been in the context and you've been at work and someone said something behind closed doors and slander and it spreads like fire and it is destructive. It happens in your families. You see it in the home. It matters on how parents speak to their children or how spouses speak to one another. It is a consuming fire. It matters how you speak to those whom you, again, work with, your friends, those words that come out of your mouth. And so he says it is set on fire and then set on fire by hell. In other words, there's wickedness and destruction and an end of condemnation that often comes from our tongue. And so what's James saying? He's warning. He's warning us. By God's Holy Spirit, He says, consider the way that you talk. How you speak makes a huge difference. And in the context of Him talking about being teachers and them being strict, judged strictly, He says if you say things in, an error, in error, it can consume like a fire. It will redirect where you go or where others who believe it in the church will go if they say the same thing. It applies in every way. And then here's where the title of the message comes from, being untamable. He says, for every kind of beast, bird, and reptile, and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. So what are we supposed to do then? You know, if I can't tame the tongue and things are going to come out of my mouth, what am I supposed to do, James? He, he gives warning about it. He says it is an unruly evil. It is restless. It's full of a deadly substance. Or my translation here in New King James says poison. It's toxic. I need to watch my words. We know how destructive our tongues and our words, the, way that, the things that we say, are to relationships. Marriages are ended. Families are broken apart. Jobs are ended because of the way that we speak, the things that we say. And here he is instructing Christians that you think better about that. I want to share with you some wisdom from Proverbs about how we speak. 
One of the things that I learned a long time ago as a kid, every time my parents would correct me, don't say that, don't, don't use those words. Every kind of instruction I've ever gotten from a mentor or a teacher or anybody, as far as the things that I said, it was often for the things that I said. I learned very quickly, you know what, if I just be quiet, if I just close my mouth, if I don't say it, you know, I can't tame the tongue, but I can keep from using it. Listen to what Proverbs says. Proverbs 10, verse uh, 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who constrains his lips is wise. Are you wise? Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Proverbs 17, 27 to 28, he who has knowledge spares his words. A man full of understanding is of a calm spirit, even a fool counted wise when he holds his peace. And when he shuts his lips and he, he is considered perceptive. You notice that? You seem smarter and wiser sometimes when you don't open your mouth, when you don't talk. And many times that you don't need to do that. And there's more passages to add along that you see there from 29 and verse 11 and 30 and verse 32 if you want to look those up. Listen to this, Proverbs 18 and verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's power in it. Proverbs 21 and verse 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Proverbs 29 and verse 20. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Or a man who's hasty in his words. You know, this sounds familiar. It should sound familiar because it came up earlier in our study in the book of James. James chapter 1 and verse 19. Remember what James said? Let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. I know it usually says anger there, but it's the Greek word orge. I usually think of an ogre. When I read that word, and it means a wrathful vengeance. Be slow to wrath. Be slow to speak. Be quick to listen, to hear. And what we've seen this morning echoes that. And as we conclude our readings, look here in verses 8 through 12. James chapter 3, 8 through 12. But no man can tame the tongue. We've read this. I'm just making sure we got our basis. It is an unruly evil full of deadly substance or poison or toxic. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude, in the likeness of God. What's he saying? Man is made in the likeness of God. He's made in the image of God, and yet you will bless and praise God, but then you will curse men who are made in the image of God. He says, out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be, be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? You ever turn on the tap and uh, I've had a few times where it just comes out brown? It's like, you usually think something's wrong. You know, uh, automatically, I'm not drinking that. So we reflect upon that. Uh, when we think about the water that we come across that we wouldn't drink, he says here, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter? And so you don't go to the spring and you wouldn't um, go to your faucet and expect that. You wouldn't go to any well and expect that. He says, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt and fresh water. In other words, 
You produce fresh water. You produce clean water. Let your words be pure. Let them be according to God's word. Let them following according to the Bible. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32 applies as well. He says, let no corrupt, decaying, rotten word proceed from your mouth. Proceed out of your mouth. But what is good and necessary for edification, for lifting others up, he says that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve, do not give sorrow to the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, you know, this one's for me, let all bitterness. I get bitter sometimes, and I need to keep that not in my lips. Because if I say it, I'm going to go that direction. Let all bitterness. And he says wrath, that's rage. You know, that, that's those who are a lot of yelling and expressing, expressing of uh, anger and violence. And then he says anger again, orge, vengeful wrath. Those who clamor, again, that's yelling in the sense of degrading others. And then he says evil speaking, and that's not the best translation. It means to revile and curse people. He says, let it be put away from you with all malice, with all evil, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Those are strong words. And so the Bible has given instruction throughout. It's not just here's from Paul. We've read from James about how we speak. And then lastly, I want to share with you the words of Christ as we come to our conclusion. But I want you to think about your words. Do they change from where you are, from where you work to when you come home? Sometimes you get stressed out in work and you don't say anything. And you get home and anybody on your nerves, you let it out. Those who you love the most, whom you you live with, they hear the worst from you. That shouldn't be. We can put an end to that, and the Bible tells us we can. A lot of it comes to us being quiet. Jesus revealed that your mouth speaks from the heart. It speaks from what's inside. He says that it's those things from within, those things that were tempted, it's evil from within that will come out. And he says, and those words, by those words, you'll be judged. I want you to hear those words as we conclude this morning. Matthew chapter 12. This is part of the reading that Kevin read for us. So Jesus was teaching and he's talking to the Pharisees and to the wicked, to the religious leaders. And he says this to them in the context of all the people. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. You know, people hear the fruit, the things that you speak. What do they think? Is it good or is it bad? Is it mixed? He says, brood of vipers. You can tell who he's talking to, the religious leaders. You brood of vipers. You're like those snakes that curl up on one another to keep warm in the winter. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know where it comes from. A good man and a good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. I want good things in my heart. And I want good things to come forth. What am I going to do? I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to take in that's good. I'm going to be around others who are an encouragement to me, who are being faithful to God, who are seeking out the words of Christ, who are going to follow His teachings. That's what I need. So it matters what I'm listening to, what I'm paying attention to. And then he says, And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. I don't want any part in that. You know, we all have temptations. Things come into our mind and our heart that we've got to expel and put away and put to death. Keep listening to what Jesus says here. But I say to you, for every idle word man may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Every idle word, every word that you speak, you'll give an account. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned.
encourage you this morning, if these words, as they are to me, often convicting, they reset us the way that we think, the way that we speak, let's repent. Let's turn from it. Let's change our hearts and our minds about how we speak. Let's draw in and take those things into our heart that are good for us so that only good comes out of us. This morning, I encourage you, if you haven't put on Christ in baptism, confess your faith. Speak with your tongue that you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He rose from the dead. Repent of your sins. Be buried in baptism and rise to the newness to walk in the newness of life. Whatever your needs are this morning, you can come forward. I encourage you, find somebody else to pray with you, to be an encouragement to you, to be there by your side that can, who can lean upon you um, as you continue to grow as a Christian and follow these words. Let's stand and sing together.